Back in the days, seeing the world was largely a pleasurable experience. Then, the unfortunate happened. The world changed. Adapt we must to these changes. New security rules, documentation, vaccines and diplomacy now differ from nations to nations. Let's help you make sense of these complexities as we beam our searchlight on. Travels, aviation, tourism, lifestyle and destinations while learning the people learning the people culture and everything in between one episode at a time introducing your host Tyar Arishadare welcome to the Traviator learn the world yes good afternoon good morning good evening wherever you join us from um, this is the Traviator. My name is Tayo Orishadare. As always, we bring you different aspects of travel, aviation, tourism, destination, lifestyle, and culture. <laughs> okay, so and on the Traviator, we believe that uh, using aviation as a medium to reach in the rest of the world is one way of bridging the world truth and your truth. For us, uh, we have a perspective about how things run in our local environment. Also, people have their own local environment wherever they are. And often than not, you're as good as what you see. On today's episode of The Traviator, we'll be talking about something of interest to a lot of people. Um, as you know, they said the world is a small village. And it's now a global world where international business, international travels, uh, corporate environment now transcends sovereignty and diplomacy. As a result, whether for business or, ple or pleasure, um, human beings now have that need to leave their own immediate environment to other places. But just as we have different diplomacies and countries, so also are guidelines, rules, um, regulations, policies, procedures uh, there are to follow, without which you never know, you might just be on the wrong side of the law. So, for many countries, especially where we do not have that bilateral relationship uh, with particular reference to Nigeria, my home country, you might actually need to have a visa to travel to those countries. Even when we have many countries that now have uh, visa on arrival regimes, but yet, you still need to play your part as the traveler. On today's episode of the Traviator, we'll be talking about visa, the truth, and the myth. And as always, I will not be doing this alone. I have with me in the studio an astute visa processing professional. My guest in the studio is an international travel consultant with over 15 years experience in various aspects of aviation, customer service, ticketing, corporate, and personal travel, immigration, visas, and protocol. Prior to this time, he's worked in various organizations of repute, include Virgin Nigeria, O&O PLC, Quantum Travels, and Fidelity Bank. Amongst all the things, his hobbies include expectedly traveling, he likes reading, writing, and football. I don't know how much that of that he plays 
what he says he does. I hope he's not um, an Arsenal fan. We'll find out. But beyond this, he also enjoys spending time with his family. Listen, Gen Studios, Mr. Ibikule Forsyth. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, I like how you ran through my history like I was one kind of uh, superstar. But, you know, I appreciate the um, con- the pep talk, anyway, to say the least. Thank you very much and welcome. You'll be amazed that you're a superstar. If only you know how much people just want to get their business done. Yeah, I get that quite a bit. I get that quite a bit. It's important for people to get their visas. I mean, it's the first step in any travel that anyone is planning, even if it's a visa-free travel or visa on arrival. Information is key. Uh, your travel guy, your visa guy has to be the first person you call, even if you know that um, visa on arrival is available or it's visa-free travel because policies change even overnight. Right. So, yeah, so it's important for you to you know pick up that call and... Um, ask those questions. So it's your responsibility to make sure you do the right thing. Otherwise, exactly, you right. give the counselor no option then to take the right decision. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so um, for people who do not know or people who know, uh, you're probably refers to that Larry Boy. Where's that name from? <laughs> okay, so um, I'm, I'm known as Larry Boy in in the wider in the wider space but some people know me as a visa prof some people know me as a travel guy right so i think those things are little little parts of the whole and the whole is the larry boy now larry boy comes from the fact that i stay in larry i grew up in larry from about 1991 right but what i'm trying to project for the brand is this is a local Sue Larry boy, but he has traveled the world from the U.S. to Canada, U.K. and all sorts of places. So I'm trying to let people know that a simple Larry boy can get it done, irrespective of where he's from, financial background or whatever. So it's tying travel to my local being and my local space. Ah, okay. So if you think you're Larry boy and you have all the wings and all that, I'm an Elijah boy. I'm even more from a village than you, you know. But hey, I've seen a part of the world too, so I can actually hold my bragging right. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. To each his own, as they say. Yeah, that's true. So part of the reason why we have the Traviator is because we want to really use the medium of travel, aviation, tourism, culture, lifestyle, and destination as a way to helping people learn the world. We think that uh, aviation is a very good medium to bridging that gap because like a lot of flight attendants will say, you can actually have your breakfast in Lagos, lunch in Ghana, and dinner in London. And this can only be made made possible, most often than not, by aviation. So why do you think we need to actually get our visas right? Well, like I said, um, visas are the first step. And like you explained, travel opens the mind. It's It's... I mean, it's the only education that you cannot stop giving yourself. Right. Because at age 60, 70, there's always somewhere else to go. There's always new experiences. And the first step to doing all those is to get your visas and get your visas right. Um, It's important that, you know, we we do things right. Unfortunately, not everybody has access to that information. And the luck that you have is you have people that that's their core business. So that's a go-to guy. Um, And... It's important to make that phone call when when the need arises. So don't think that you're just a um, uh, showman when you don't have the skill set, right? Okay, so have you actually heard of stories? Uh, you know, in my native Ondo state, for instance, even in Lagos, where you have a lot of people that 
and my friends, and some of them still wonder, dude, how do you get this thing done? You're here today, the more you're in that country. I mean, I've been going to church, some even say that I actually have anointing oil. Mm. And Have you heard some of the stories, really, in the real sense of it, where they will come to you as a prof, the visa prof, and say, I need your help. Have you heard stories? What are the stories you've heard? I've heard, I've heard countless stories. <laughs> you know, um, in this in this industry that we're in, right? You you hear stories, you marvel. Right. Um, people that are educated, people that are not so educated. You know, they get themselves into all sorts of uh, what I call it, melee, to say the least. Um, and it takes me to my first myth. Right. Right. My first myth, I always I always table, and it's very well. It sounds a bit arrogant, but the first question you ask yourself is, do you need a visa consultant? And my, and my answer is always no. Right. Because information is out there. All over the place. Exactly. Yeah. So, and someone looks at me and says, oh, if I don't need a consultant, then how do you get paid? I say, well, if you need to do brain surgery and all sorts of medical things, you can actually Google it as well. So if you think, <laughs> right. if you, think you can take that step and succeed, then that's fantastic. So, but, that, I, I mean... So the first question is, do you need a visa guy? Do you need a consultant? And I'll tell you, no, you don't. But it's important that you actually have one yep. because experience you can't buy. You understand? Mm -hmm. the, the know-how and then the time frame that you need to do all the research that mm -hmm. you think you will need. Mm -hmm. He's done it for donkey years. So he has it off the top of his head. You can see the end from the beginning. Exactly. So, so before you actually share some of this myth with me, have you ever been re refused a visa? I have actually. How did you feel? <laughs> well, um, I mean, this is this is a this is a is a funny is a funny joke between my wife and I because she has the mentality that if I don't have it in my mindset to get that visa, we won't get it. All right. So she was pushing for it, and you know, oh, let's do this, let's do that, and I was like, okay, I'm just following. Ah. And then we got denied. And you know, she just had that look like mm, uh, you never. And I and I told her that don't worry, we'll go back there in in a few years. And I went did, when I was putting the documents together. I never even told her. Maybe like two three years later, mm -hmm. I just told her um, maybe on the weekend before. I said okay on Tuesday we're going to ex embassy. Um, make sure you're ready. And she's like, oh, what am I going to say? What are we do? I said don't worry about it. I've sorted it. And we got there, and I was the one they were asking questions. And even my body language, she knew that. I was I was interested <laughs> okay, so in getting it. So you want to get this visa? Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, she was she was happy. I was like, you know, everything is about time and place. Everything right. is about preparation. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the strongest things you have against any application or the strengths you have against any visa process is actually patience. Right. Some people are not patient enough to know that there is a certain time frame. There are certain things you need to do between when the thought of traveling starts to when you actually apply. Hmm. Okay, so um, even even for the visa professor, mm -hmm. so the, being denied a visa is not the end of the world. No, and not. trust me, it might not just be uh, that your village uncle who doesn't like your face. Or, you know, before my grandmother died, he has one tooth pulled off and I think it's because she travels somewhere in the night. So, I mean, visa processing, visa denials, visa acceptance or approvals, has got likely to do with you, your preparation, your comportment during that visa interview and not, and actually not necessarily because of all of those misconceptions. So back to you. So 
Um, so even the visa professor's wife also has a bit of a myth that there's something to do with the mind. <laughs> like, so um, if my magic man, my magic husband actually decides like, oh, you know what, we're going to this place and get, guess what, we're going to get it, then it's going to get done. I mean, just it might also interest you that I have this feeling that if I tell my daughter something and she says, hmm, alpha tea, let's do it. Somehow it just works. So, I mean, so what are the other possible myths you've actually seen or heard based on the fact that you've been dealing with a lot of clients during this visa process? And um, one key one is probably finance. Now, some people don't believe that you can actually have too much money when you're applying for a visa and you can have too little. So let me start with too little. Um, some people don't understand that your ability to get a visa on the financial side of it, because there are certain other criteria that right. that, is you should be able to afford that trip at that point in time. Now, someone says, oh, I've got inflow, outflow, my transaction over a particular period is X amount of money, is runs into millions. But you see, your liquidity on the time you are actually applying cannot cover your hotel bookings and every other thing. You will be denied because you can't afford it. Maybe weeks back you could, months back you could, but at that point you really can't. So that that's also a major thing. So yes, transactional history is important, but what is key is at the point of application, can you afford it? Now, how can someone now have too much money for a visa? <laughs> well, very, very, it's actually more common than you actually. All right. You actually, so <laughs> all, all of a sudden, whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens is this, especially business owners, they use their personal accounts for certain transactions. Right. Maybe you put themselves on a salary, maybe half a million a month. I'm talking Naira now. And all of a sudden, a friend wants to buy a car. There's three point something million overnight. Before you know it, it's not consistent with the salary. And then you have to explain so much. At the end of the day, if you are doing, like I said, half a million a month over a six month period, at max, maybe you have six million or whatever. But because of all the other transactions you've been doing, it just bumps it up to maybe 60 million. That's way more than your actual income and expenditure difference. So, so that lack of consistency. Exactly. You know, monies that you really can't explain, monies that, you know, it's so sometimes, yeah, too much money. <laughs> really? <laughs> Have you ever seen someone's passport who actually comes to you and say, uh, Larry boy, I need to get the vis my visa to Canada. I need to actually visit South Africa. And you probably maybe at the age just like, anointing oil something <laughs> or just i said okay before i give it to you sir let me just bless it or uh, my pastor said we should put my i should put my mantle on this <laughs> well I've, I've not had those direct um experiences but i mean i've heard it i've seen videos of people going to do testimonies in church because of us visa <laughs> matured people in their late uh, 50s or i'm thinking why but you know there's something I do when I'm sitting with passengers, actually first-time travelers, and I call it personal profile. You know, we have these questions we ask, okay, where you want to go, how you want to do this. And then from there, we look at the more complex visa applications, the not-so-complex, and then the simple ones. And I say, okay, let's graduate this thing over time. And the person says, oh, no, I went to uh, my pastor. My pastor said, um, no weapons fashioned against me shall, shall prosper. prosper. That I tabled this country, that country, and this country. And then the pastor looked at it and said, this is the country for you. You know, I I respect people's priority, you know, spirituality. Right. And, you know, and I look the person right in the eye. I'm like, wow, that person must have seen something 
I can't see, you right. know, and I respect the person. Unfortunately, I have no choice but to go with what the passenger wants. And what we do is try to put the person's best foot forward, irrespective of our personal thoughts. Yeah. So um, this country is difficult to get, oh, this, that, and the other, but it's not impossible. So what we need to do is make, put the person's best foot forward, documentation-wise, prepping, or whatever it is we need to do. Or even though we have profiled the person, and we say, you know, that's not the first step. The chance, the chance is really so yeah long. for for that kind of thing. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen, and you know, the passenger was really, really uh, adamant that my oh, pastor has told me. I'm like, yeah, I, I like your pastor. It makes it easier for me, you know, because we're all fitting it with you. Well, maybe that's why you're not a pastor. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently. <laughs> you just <laughs> calling right. <laughs> okay, so um, so this is this is without prejudice and no disrespect to. Mm-hmm your religion, mm. you as a spiritual leader, uh, we're just trying to be as uh, factual and also to make sure we give our listeners value as much as possible. Okay, so uh, having said that, what would be your recommended approach or what are those things that you think that a prospective applicant should take note of? Or should put in process as a prelude to applying for a visa okay i mean thank you for that question and um whether my interns and some of the people that i train would like to hear this on, live or not i'll practice throughout my trade secrets now when you're traveling when you intend to travel to any country there are four key elements you're looking at first thing is purpose why are you traveling to this place is it consistent with who i am what i do for a living um, and the entire storyline, the purpose has to be strong enough, you know, to be granted that visa. Another thing is finance. Do I have enough money to afford this trip? Is my transactional history healthy enough, right? Also, you want to look at, you know, ties back home. Can I convince the embassy or the visa officer that, yes, I'm going to your country for X number of days. I'll be back in my country without any uh, recourse to public uh, finance, finance and stuff yeah, like yeah. which is what they always look out for and of course lastly um we're looking at um ties back home yeah. what am i coming back to meet am i coming back to meet a good job am i coming back to um a huge financial outlay am i coming back to a wife and kid property and all those kinds of things. so those are the four key elements we look at when we are doing the pre um application profiling so that's what any individual needs to look at Look at those four elements and ask yourself that do i fit do i cover all these criteria am i suitable at this point if not there's things you can do in that what they call it cold period whereby you can you know move money around if you have to um start paying for whatever it is that it's outstanding on your uh, finances and then i'm sure the person should be good so those are the four things to look at proof of finance proof of purpose uh, ties back home and of course the travel history now the travel history is actually the fourth one the travel history you cannot get gain overnight there has to be history in travel to have travel history i have people that have done visas over time and never visited those countries well in their own mind oh since i have this visa i have that visa that doesn't constitute travel history for those that um want to travel we encourage them to go to visa free countries visa on arrival countries so that at least you can build a momentum it's easy to sell that you want to go to other countries so yeah, those are the four elements. Okay, so um, um, Felix, you want us to take that last part again? Mm. 
Okay, so because I saw that you lost camera three and he was he was talking when you lost it. I know what's up. Temperature. Okay, so so having looked at all those um serious, not serious, funny, not too funny meets. So what would be your recommendation as a professional uh, to the prospective applicant um, as to what they need to do preparatory to applying for a visa? Okay. Um, I mean, some of my colleagues and even my interns will probably get my head for what I'm going to spill out here because it's our trade secret. Don't worry. Our team. We have you covered. All I'm right, sure yeah. there will be enough for them to want to learn after this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what, what I tell people that even if I give you all the information that is available to me, I can't give you all my experience. Right. You understand? So you always be playing catch up. So I have no problem um, spilling the trade. And that's why we brought you here because we know you can really add value. Okay, so the first thing that you need to look at is proof of purpose. Why am I traveling? Am I traveling for a conference? Am I traveling for medical? Am I traveling to visit? Am I traveling for whatever reason, school or whatever? And is it consistent with who I am? You know, you have to, yeah, the proof of purpose has to be consistent with the person and then why the person is traveling. Right. So you want to tweak maybe what your strong points are, take out the weak points and just, you know, get that sorted out. Also, the issues of finance over a six months or a three months period, are my finances in order? Do I have monies coming from places I can explain or do I not have enough money? Do I need to take a travel loan or whatever? You know, that person has to look into all those. There's also the issues of ties back home. Uh, how do I prove to the embassy that, you know, I'm coming back? You know, do I have finances stored up? Do I have um, family that they can see that, okay, he's going to come back to meet? You know, all sorts of other things. You have a side business that I have to be monitoring. And then, of course, the last but not the least is... Um, travel history. Travel history. Travel history is key. Um, for you to go to the complex places, I mean, you need to crawl before you walk. You understand? So I know people want to go to the really exciting places, but you know, you need to demonstrate your love for travel. You need to demonstrate certain things with the visa on arrival countries, the e-visa countries, and then over time, you're able to build to the bigger ones. Okay, so understood. Uh, I remember just uh, before we started the uh, podcast, you were, you were saying that there, w- there could be situations where you can have too much money mm-hmm. and too little. Is there anything that's too much money? (laughs) Just like I um, spoke about now when it comes to proof of funds, too much money stems from the fact that, you know, there's no history, there's no transactional history for that money. So uh, an embassy says bring six months bank statement and then you've put yourself on maybe 300,000 or 500,000 a month. And then you say, oh, there's one investment you have about 30 or 40 million. You know, you ask yourself, okay, if I'm doing 300 to 500 a month, right? My expenditure, uh, monthly um, up utility bills, house rent and all that. So maybe you're saving two, two to 300. Right. How did you accumulate 30 million? Million, yeah. So that's sometimes I'll tell the client, okay, maybe you had windfall. If there's no documentary evidence to show that, okay, my uncle's father's dog died, you know, <laughs> and I got 30 million. Let's just put that out Outside. of it. Exactly. Yeah. Let's just stick with what we can explain. You know, the more complex it is, uh, the more stories that uh, may need to be, <laughs> be told. Something to learn. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean, you've heard from the horse's mouth. I mean, from the professional. Uh, I was looking at it and I was ha- having my mind key. 
F T and something. T. So the purpose of your travel is important. Funding. Funding is very important. The uh, travel history is important and you're tied to your home country. At least that thing that is strong enough to bring you back. And more importantly, because also um, you're allowed into that country for the purpose for which you're going. Uh, and we, we also think that you have a value to add to their country and you would not become a charge for the country. On this note, if you can live for sight, what would be your final words to that prospective person who still thinks that seeing the world is such a very Achillean task? And also to that person who is listening who, say, who just thought, oh, I've just been denied this, that is the end of the world. From a provision point of view, what would be your parting shot? A part of the be um, for people to do their own background checks on people. I mean, we hear issues of um, guarantee visas, short visas out there. Out of desperation, people run to um, client to consultants that you know spill that out there. That okay, this is how to get it. Patience is key. You know, identify where you want to go. Right, speak to the right people and do your research. Do your research on how to get to places, do your research on whoever you're going to use as a consultant and you shouldn't, you shouldn't envisage any, any problem. Okay. So perhaps have you ever been told that you've got this fantastic radio voice? <laughs> Actually, I haven't, you know, I haven't. Um, I, I remember when we were back in secondary school, I used to go for some uh, youth um, meetings and you know the pastor said it and then again I used to think oh you know yeah. he's just trying to encourage you know people to come around for uh, meetings and things like that but no I, I I don't I don't know oh yeah so possibly maybe I'm just gonna hold you to one fact mm -hmm. because we're actually thinking of starting like uh, some live stream sessions or okay. maybe we just have periodic visa half hour mm -hmm. with the one and the only Ibukele Forsyth Larry boy. <laughs> the visa prof. Yeah, the visa prof. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be open to that. You know, I'll be open to that. I, we've known each other for quite a while. And I mean, if it's just a little I can do, I'll, 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 I'll be open for that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, on the other part of, on the other side of this show is also like, um, we try to bring very credible people that we can actually vouch for to, um, especially in their own areas of professionalism. Uh, to beam the searchlight on the topics of the day. And one of those today is Ibikunle uh, Forsyth, uh, who happened to be my colleague, my professional colleague in the past. And now he's more into the travel and tourism and reserve space. And also, if you just really want to know more uh, or you just want a service, you can always reach out to us. We'll be very, very kind and happy to link you up uh, with him. As always, we always like to let you know that your truth might be different from the world truth but it doesn't make the world truth wrong neither yours wrong but we're here to bridge the gap between your truth and the world truth and we think we've been able to do that today until the next time on the traviator my name is tayo orishadari keep learning the world Thanks for joining us on The Traviator. 
Please stay up to date with us by visiting thetraviator.com. You may also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and all podcast outlets. Until next time, keep learning the world, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Traviator Podcast.